Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg along with science advisor Matt Moniz. Good evening, Matt. How are you? I'm doing well, Tim. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. It's been a while since uh, since we've been on the air together between all the stuff you've been doing. And last week we took the night off for the uh, premiere of America's Bermuda Triangle on Destination America. And now here we are. And then next week... I don't know if we'll be together. Are you going to go out in the field for the Triangle Show this year? Or are you going to be here in the studio? Where would you like me to be? Uh, well, we'll figure that out. We have a whole week. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> And for those of you uh, out there who are participating in the Bridgewater Triangle Show, those of you who want to be out in the field, and we still have room for more people uh, because we're trying a different format this way. Uh, the only catch is that you have to be willing to periscope uh, from out where you are. Moni, you would be exempt from periscoping if that's, if you decide to go out in the field, but all the teams that well, are involved. I have a submarine. Well, but we don't have, we don't want to put it in the middle of the Hockamock. Oh. There's too many fish. So the, uh, the what we're going to try and do is bring live video from out in the field as well as audio call-ins. So uh, as long as you're willing to at least give that a try, then we can work it out so that you could be out there as part of the show next week, but I'll be Having more information about that tomorrow for those that are interested. Tonight we're going to have the return, the big return, of a spooky crew family member from the very beginning. Uh, he's going to be joining us in just a little while. Christopher Balzano will make his return to the show coming up a little bit later on. He'll let us know what he's up to, and uh, and we have some plans. He's he, I'll drop the, the, the bomb now. He's back. He's going to be back and involved with the show, uh, so we'll talk to him about that. Plus, we'll get his thoughts on the state of the paranormal uh, coming up a little bit later on as well. I don't know about you, Moniz. I know you've been all over the place. I know you've been doing a lot of different things, but it's only heating up. It's oh, yeah. about to get a whole lot busier for you. We have so many things that are going on, but I want to make mention here because for months we teased on this show about a big event that we were planning with the station. We were planning this huge, huge event uh, that we were going to be announcing. We kept teasing. We kept saying we were going to announce it. And, uh, you know, we were telling people to follow us on Twitter, which you can at SpookySC. We were telling people to talk about the show using the hashtag SpookyLive. We were telling people to watch on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com every week because sooner or later we were going to have this huge announcement. And we made mention of it on the last show, like a little bit of a tease. Yeah. It went on sale the next day through social media. And now, this is our first chance to talk about it on the air, and it's sold out already. That's a problem. Why? Well, I mean, it's a problem in terms of we've been teasing it, and now nobody, you know, now people who are listening in other parts of the country or weren't on social media didn't realize, but it's already sold out. It's Face Your Fears Night at Fort Tabor. It's happening October 17th. It's being put on by Fun 107, but they've brought on Legend Trips to come on board and, and help them put on a great night of paranormal investigation. So basically, if you've ever done a Legend Trips event before, then this is going to be exactly like we would run it. The only difference is we did it through the station. So instead of it being a fun one, a Legend Trips event, it's a Fun 107 event. But essentially, Legend Trips will be involved in this. Uh, I'll be there. Jeff will be there. Moniz will be there. Andy will be there. Stephanie's going to be there. So we'll all be there to, t- to make sure that this event is run the way that you have come to expect from Legend Trips. So we put it up on the Fun 107 Facebook page. 
And I really think that between that and Twitter, and then of course, you know, promoting it on my own personal Facebook, and I put it out on the Legend Trips and the Spooky South Coast Facebook and Twitter. But just through social media alone, we sold this event out. There are a very select few tickets left that we've reserved for giveaways. But we're going to make you earn these tickets. We're not just going to say caller five, call up, and you get, you know, two hundred two hundred and ten dollars worth of tickets to this event. We're going to make you work for it. So uh, stay tuned to fun107.com and to wbsm.com, as well as the Facebook pages for each show, uh, for each station, and for the Facebook page for the show. And when we have the announcement, then you'll have the opportunity to try and win these tickets because people are going crazy for this. There's folks that were waiting to have the chance to buy some tickets, and they missed their chance because they had to wait. you know. And now it's gone. It's sold out. I've never seen anything sell out that fast. And so, you know, the station's excited about it because it shows them that people want to go out and do this stuff, which is good for us because it means that, you know, they'll give us more Saturday nights off to go and do more of them. Well, what I'm excited about is that the museum gets more money to stay open. Again. The museum, and they'll be the benefit of uh, bringing, because, you know, I, I've had the benefit of seeing some of the folks who are coming by watching, you know, who's posting about it on social media and everything. And I can tell you that, you know, it's not just the typical Legend Trips crowd. We are getting people from all over. I think there's like three or four or five different New England states represented from that are coming to this. So if we're pulling five out of six, you know what I mean? That's not too bad. I'm sure Connecticut's the only one that's not on board because, you know, they're, sometimes they can be jerks. I'm just kidding. We love our <laughs> Connecticut audience. But, you know, but I think five out of the six uh, states so that we, you're drawing a pretty good radius there people that want to come and check out this fort people that have never been there before they're going to come and experience it and the wonderful uh just the entire park spend the whole day there and they're going to come and they're going to love it and they're going to come back you know it might not be for an event but they're going to come back for something and uh, and hopefully they'll come back and do some more investigations with us but at the very least they've come and they've experienced the history of the south coast they've experienced the beauty of the south coast so this is a great ambassadorship uh, for this area too as well because it's going to be such an interesting and diverse crowd. It's not going to be, you know, usually with legend trips we have paranormal investigators and we have people that want to be paranormal investigators or at least are thinking about it. With this we have people that are just intrigued by the possibility. I've seen people who are hardened skeptics, people who are true believers. It's going to be a great cross mix of, of all of that. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about seeing who is actually going to be the you know, who's going to be the, the most afraid that night? Is it going to be the newbies? Or is it going to be some of the more seasoned people that are like, oh, this is more than I was expecting, you know, when they're in Milliken, in the middle of Milliken and all these noises are happening and everything. So that event is sold out. We do have a couple of other events uh, that we have on sale uh, that we, you know, are running with our Legend Trips events. We have the USS Salem, which is this coming Friday night. Uh, that ticket is available there's still some available. You go to legendtrips.com, you can get yours. And we just announced this week that if you want to stay on the ship, you can get a bunk. So you buy your ticket for $99, you get dinner, you get lectures, you get hours of guided investigation with the Legend Trips crew. But then for an additional $45 plus tax, you can stay on the ship, you get a bunk, and you just have to bring your own pillow and sleeping bag. But you can sleep exactly where the sailors would have slept on that ship. And I can tell you that last year... But the last time that we did this event, maybe half the people went to sleep. 
And the rest of the people just kept investigating. It's like they yep. just paid an additional $45 to be able to stay until morning, which, uh, you know, a lot of them were happy just to do that. And, and I'm, people have been purchasing bunks all week and saying, I'm not even going to sleep in it. Because so, I, I tell them, bring your own sleeping bag and pillow. No, I'm not. I'm just buying the bunks so I can keep keep investigating. So <laughs> uh, so you have that opportunity. Just go to legendtrips.com. We also announced a spooky South Coast branded event. It won't be a Legend Trips event because Jeff's out of town, so we're going to run it as a spooky South Coast event. But we will be investigating the Faring Tavern and the three other historic buildings in Wareham, uh, right around the little Wareham Historical District there. That's coming up on October 3rd. So if you're going to the Insane Inflatable uh, at UMass Dartmouth in the morning on Saturday, October 3rd, Go out there, have some fun, bounce around, you know, run around on all the obstacles. It's going to be a great day over there at UMass Dartmouth. And then afterwards, you could come on by and you could investigate four different historic haunted buildings with uh, with the Spooky South Coast crew. And it's going to be, you know, the same way we run Legend Trips. We're going to use the same format. And it'll hopefully be a nice little boost for the Wareham Historical Society's year as well because I, I think that people have been – these are two places that people have been waiting to get into. They've been waiting to get into the Faring Tavern. They've been waiting to get into Fort Tabor. And this is kind of the only way they can do it is through these events. And I'm not you know, doing that to say we are exclusive and we're keeping people out of these places. But both venues have come to trust us and, and work with us, and so they want to stick with us. So we are honored that they feel that way, and we are honored that we can keep allowing uh, you folks at home that are listening to be able to investigate these places. I, I love both places. I mean, the fort is awesome. I mean, it's beautiful there. They, the park that they did is absolutely gorgeous, and I love the way that they, you know, try and keep, you know, the batteries as up as best as they can. And I don't know, you haven't been there lately, but they have done a ton of work uh, on some of the back batteries on the way to Milliken. Oh, really? They've been cleared out. Uh, they've all been, um, they've placed railings across everything. The, the Army Corps of Engineers came down and put railings up all over the place. So it's a lot more safe and secure. And that's all going to be part of the event. Okay. So instead of in the past where you could only go into the two, uh, Walcott and Clark, I think it is, yeah. over next to the fort, now they're going to all be part of the event. So you, you'll be going down and investigating along the way. Instead of walking from the fort all the way down to Milliken, you'll be investigating along the way. So it should be a pretty intriguing night. We also have, uh, very quickly, we still have some tickets available for the evening of Ghost Stories and New England Legends that we're putting on on Thursday, October 29th, which is happening at the Stadium Theater in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Uh, myself, Jeff Belanger, Andrew Lake, and Carl Johnson on the stage featuring the photography of Frank Grace. You know his trig photography from all of our Legend Trips events, these gigantic, creepy photos that are going to be behind us as we tell these ghost stories. And they will be new stories. There will be some old favorites, but there will be some new stories as well if you saw the show in May uh, to the sellout crowd in Rhode Island then. So this will be a chance to see kind of the updated version of it. We're going to tweak it each time we put it on, assuming there will be more, uh, you know, people don't, hate us after this one but <laughs> the response was great after the first one so i think we'll be doing all right and so there's still some tickets available for that you get those at the stadium theater website stadiumtheater.com you'll be able to get those tickets but and all that's going on i'm going to have up on spookysouthcoast.com my calendar of lectures that i have going on i'll be at all different libraries all across the south coast throughout october so I'll be giving a variety of different lectures, and they're all free, so you can come on out and check them out. Uh, you can bring the family. And the idea at almost every one of these libraries this year, instead of just going and giving a talk and going home, they're actually asking, requesting that I stay a little bit later and I bring my ghost hunting gear, and we take the people around the library and show them how it all works. 
So it seems like you know almost every library is on board with that plan. So you'll have the chance to actually uh, get your your hands wet a little bit in the paranormal world uh, if you come to one of those. So so many opportunities for you to get closer to the other side coming up. So uh, and speaking of getting closer to the other side, let's bring on the person that I know is closer to it than anybody because she sees it and deals with it uh, all the time. Our usual co-host who is taking the night off, Stephanie Burke. How are you, Stephanie? Good. How are you, Tim? Oh, doing well. Spooktacular. Of course. I'd be a little bit more spooktacular if you were here, but, you know, you, you've had a, a busy day and a busy weekend. I have. Sorry. I feel bad. I wish I was there. You know what this is, though, Moniz? This is actually, she's big-timing us now that she's been on a national television commercial. <laughs> I would never. You know that. Which, by the way, came out amazing, and it was just a, a great commercial. I've heard a lot of uh, positive buzz from it, and I know that it's been selling some DVDs of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, so... Job well I done. I so. Aaron did an amazing job putting it all together, especially with the amount of bloopers I had. Now, that was, uh, you, you know, that whole experience of seeing that on television and the reaction that people have had, uh, you know, it's, it's been overwhelming this week. It, it, I think more people are talking about the Bridgewater Triangle now than I've ever seen. I think so, too. I agree with that. Now, and, of course, we had some fun. You know, we, we couldn't even see the TVs where we were. We were streaming no. live on Spooky TV and periscoping and... Uh, we were. We were having a good good time in our own little corner with all the paranormal people. I may have danced. There, there may be video evidence that I danced. I believe there is somewhere. It might have made its way to YouTube. I'm not sure. I was kind of just, you know, just busting a small move. Not not a large, not even a full-size move, but just you kind were. of a mini move. You made a motion. But you didn't do the worm. I did not do the worm, but Candace did a fantastic worm. It was did. It was like top five worms of all time. She's amazing. So uh, we will uh, certainly, uh, of course, be letting people know when there will be rebroadcasts of America's Bermuda Triangle. But, of course, we highly recommend that you go and get the full documentary, the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, which you can get uh, whether you get it through the website, thebridgewatertriangledocumentary.com, or whether you order it online and watch it on Vimeo or other streaming services. You know, you just you have to watch it by next Saturday night because we're going to have our annual Bridgewater Triangle show. Uh, which That's right. We'll, we are. And uh, there's, we may have a special, special guest for that. We're still working on finalizing everything, but we may have a special guest. Uh, but speaking of special opportunities, Stephanie, we've been asking people for the last couple of weeks to help you out with a, a campaign that you were doing. And so why don't you give us an update on your quest to get the scholarship to continue studying with James Van Prague? So I asked everyone, I believe it was last week, to help me to go onto YouTube and to vote for my video. I was going for a mediumship scholarship. With James Van Prague, if you don't know who that is, you need to look him up. He is absolutely amazing and probably the most famous and well-known medium that there is down there. So I was down to the wire and getting likes and votes, and um, he announced actually a few days ago that Candace and I actually both won a full, complete scholarship to his school. So thank you so much, everyone that is listening, that will listen later on. For your help, everybody that reached out to me, I will give you a shout-out. Everybody that wrote me an email and everything else, I promise I'll have my list next week. But I'm not there tonight, so I was a little unprepared. But thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate it so much. You guys helped me in a way that you could never imagine. It's a huge opportunity for me, and I'm so grateful. And what's funny about it is, you know, you were worried. You know, you were a little bit concerned. You you, you know, you, you were how you get sometimes, where, you know, sometimes you second-guess yourself a little bit about things. I'm trying to 
right. help you overcome that. But, uh, you know, I, I kept saying, don't worry about it. The two of you have this. You've got it. And and I just I just felt like that was the way it was going to go. And, and I remember I was watching Candace on Periscope, and all of a sudden the broadcaster sends all of a sudden because <laughs> Stephanie called her to let her know. And, she declined uh, my call, too. She declined your call? Yes, she, she picked did. Periscope over you? Yeah. We created a monster, you know. Yes, we did. A Periscope monster. Yes. Um. I was calling her because I had gotten a notification that James had posted because the way that we found out that we wanted, he was posting it to social media. So his Facebook page um, was supposed to have an update with the list of names in the videos. And I saw it maybe, I want to say, 15 minutes after it was posted and immediately just picked up the phone and I called her and she got so afraid feeling my energy from the other end that she hung up on me. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to send her a text message yelling at her, and she called me back, and she goes, I don't want to hear it. I'm nervous, because she was just as scared as I was. She was doubting herself just as much as I was, because we were up against the first class that we took with him was with, like, hundreds of people. We were on live conference calls with, like, 500-plus people. Wow. this contest was open to everybody, and that was just the first round of people. There's been more people that have signed up since then. So in order to do the actual um, application for the scholarship, you had to be active in his first course. So there's thousands of people out there that had this opportunity. And it was down to the wire of about, like, 15 people, and we were part of that, and we were really scared. We didn't think that we had a shot because we doubt ourselves, obviously, but it's a scary thing because it's a huge, huge, huge opportunity. Well, and and just very quickly, let people know exactly you know what what will be involved in in moving on with the studying of this. Is this going to be a more personalized? Uh, you know, there won't be five hundred people involved in this class. I don't know how many people will be on the class. It's open to anyone. It is extremely expensive to do, so obviously that weeds out a lot of people taking mm-hmm. it at least right away. Um, but it'll be more intensive study. It'll be more intensive uh, perfecting of your craft. The first course was a psychic intuitive course, and it was very intensive, very overwhelming, um, because the workload is serious. You have to be serious in order to take the course, and it is an amazing course. But it's basically James's 30-plus years of experience packed into one online course, but there's X amount of lessons, and in each lesson there's 15 videos, and there's an entire chapter, and you have to do homework, and study and you know things like that so the mediumship course i've heard is a little bit more intensive it's a little bit more in depth because the way it normally works is pretty much everybody's psychic but not everybody's a medium so it's it's going to be a little bit more intense i'm a little nervous but i'm really excited to do it well we are very proud of you and uh, and we look forward to seeing you develop your gifts even more and and seeing the results of working so closely with james and and also you know it, it means that there's probably a good chance we're getting him back on the show <laughs> yes, I hope so. That's well, he, really, he, really exciting. Yeah, he did love us. I mean, he he uh, did say he would be more than happy to come back. So we'll we'll have to work that out. But you know, not not before then because we don't want to make we don't want to make you nervous. You know, thinking that you have to talk to the teacher on the weekend. You know, that's okay. I would absolutely love every minute of it. And you know, the best part of it about it all is I get to do it with one of my best friends. So we get to study together and do everything together. And you know, we're each other's accountability and support throughout the entire thing. So it's an amazing opportunity that the two of us got picked together and we can announce right now that we're actually going to have candace dalton joining us on the show yes we are september 26th so it'll finally be her first appearance you know we've only had stephanie on now for over a year <laughs> and we've only known stephanie for like six years so but you know, right. that's, that's all right well finally it, t- it took this long to bring on one of her best friends i understand 
That's all right. As long as I'm still one of your other best friends, we we can just go with that. As long as we're still friends after me missing show, the show tonight. Of course, always. All right. No, you get some rest, and uh, and congratulations again, and we look forward to having you back on the show next week. Awesome. Thank you. Miss you guys, and I'll see you next week. Okay. Have a nice great stuff. night. All right. Bye. And speaking of thanking people, we want to thank everybody that donated to the Spooky South Coast GoFundMe. You know, we sound like a pledge drive here tonight with everything, <laughs> really? but, but people have been helping us out and showing us a lot of support for a variety of different things. But, you know, we were, we, we run this show, the Spooky TV, the live cameras, all of that stuff. We run all of that on our own, out of our own pocket. And there's a reason for that. Because if we break it, it's only our own equipment yeah. we don't have to worry about. And uh, so, you know, this way here, I'd much rather, like, break my own stuff than, than somebody else's. So we try to have our own equipment with us. And, and But the real reason why we have our own is so that when we go and do something, you know, if we're at an event, like last week when I was streaming live yep. from Christopher's, and when we're doing all that stuff, you know, we have our own stuff. It's a little bit easier. And... We've asked in the past for people to help us out. They, the Spooky South Coast yeah. audience bought us a new laptop to be able to uh, run Spooky TV, and we have the web cameras that they helped us with. And so we said, you know, the, the next kind of step of evolution would be to bring in a GoPro camera. And so I asked folks for some donations. Now, it's not like I'm asking for a handout. Every year I get Christmas and birthday presents. Uh, from family, and they all get me the same thing. They all get me gift cards to the, electron- the electronics box store there. Yep. And so I save them, and I save them up, and I save them up, and I save them up until it's something that I want to buy. So I'm putting out like half of the cost in gift cards, and I just ask for some more donations. And I want to thank Matt. I think it's Blystein. I don't want to say it wrong. Yep. I will find out for sure uh, You know exactly how we can give him a little bit more of a plug because he is a videographer, and uh, he does fantastic work. He did some promotional stuff for Legend Trips. On that the came last out awesome. Yeah, it was great. And uh, I want to thank him for, for uh, making a, a very significant donation for, for that. And becoming a dad. Yes. <laughs> That's true. He did become a dad as well. That's probably more important in his life than yeah. helping us open. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we got some other donations from other folks as well. So thank you to everybody that donated. Uh, we are very close to, to being able to purchase that GoPro, and we will start working it into the Spooky South Coast broadcast. So that's just another way for you to experience Because I'm all about, like, breaking down the fourth wall for people and letting people see what's going on in here. I'm all about that. I'm all about... Uh, showing you what goes on in the studio because I think that a lot of folks find it fascinating. I do. I love watching, you know, behind the scenes radio stuff and I love watching how it all works. And I think it's, uh, it's another way of being able to let people see us and what we do. Breaks down some of the mystique of how things happen. I think so too. But, the, but there's also a little bit of an ulterior motive as well. I would love to see this show, uh, exist also as a, cable access show you know where we take the video and we put it out there to the cable stations to the uh, community access stations we say here you go here's a show an hour and a half two hours every week that you could run and help spread the word of the paranormal and help educate people and inform people in that way as well and i think it would be a great way to to do it and it would also help you know in in terms of spreading the history and the paranormal history of this area so it's going to almost be also an ambassadorship for this area in that regard as well. So, You might want to talk to Jeff Lander, see if we can get it uploaded to Peg. Oh, yeah. No, we've got it all set up to do that. Oh. But just the problem is we need to... Logistics. We need to 
up our game a little bit here in, in what we're doing, which is why we want to bring in the GoPro. So, uh, and I'm working with Aaron Kadju from the Bridgewater Triangle documentary to find the best way to do that. So, okay. pretty soon we'll have uh, hopefully an upgraded and better spooky TV. We kid around, you know, we, we blame all the technical issues on everything else, but we, it's, it's all just shtick. It's all our fault. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> we all just, we try to pass it off and, and maybe that's not the best way to do it. It's all just shtick. Uh, really the problem is, is that we are, Operating on a wing and a prayer every week in how we, we do things. So Aaron's going to come in and help us legitimize and, and, and professionalize, if that's the word, how we do spooky TV. So looking forward to that, looking forward to working with him and looking forward to giving optimize. you a better product. Absolutely. And, of course, but the key is, you know, it doesn't matter. On Saturday night, you should just be sitting down in front of the radio, turning on WBSM, turning on WBSM.com or the Radio Pop app on your phone, whoever you listen to the show, and listening live and interacting with us. Calling in at 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Because it's great that you all listen worldwide on podcasts all week long. And new people are finding the show every day in all corners of the world, and I love that. But this is our time together. Saturday nights from 10 to midnight, this is our little time together. And we want you to be interactive with us. Call into the show, tweet the show, use the hashtag SpookyLive on Twitter, and we'll be able to see it. And uh, just so many different ways of getting in touch with us. Please do so. But we also welcome you during the course of the week as well to email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com, or tweet us at SpookySC. Let us know who you are, where you're listening from, and how long you've been listening. And uh, we will make sure we give you a shout-out on a future edition of the show. All right, we're going to take a break right now when we come back on the other side we'll be joined by our guest tonight christopher balzano making his return to the show and it's not just a one-time thing either so we'll get into all of that and we'll get his thoughts on a variety of different paranormal topics uh over the next couple uh well the next hour and a half anyway but you're going to be able to get his opinions and his thoughts for many hours to come because he is back with the show so we'll be back in just a moment here on the new 1420 wbsm it is Spooky South Coast. Hey, it's Saturday night. What else are you going to do? Back to Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg, along with science advisor Matt Moniz, the silent assassin Matt Costa, and Stephanie Burke, and Lauren Allison, all off tonight. But uh, we'll have most of the gang together next week for our annual Bridgewater Triangle Investigation Show, which uh, should be pretty exciting as we move into the Periscope age, where people will actually be streaming video live from the different locations where they are at. And we're going to finalize everything for all the teams and the investigators that are interested. We're going to finalize everything uh, over the next couple of days. But I can tell you that I've already seen some of these teams out doing practice periscopes, and uh, and they seem to have a pretty good handle on how it works. So it's, it's pretty easy. I mean, if you can – basically, if you can take a picture on your cell phone and if you know how to tweet, you can use Periscope. And actually, you don't even really know how to tweet because it'll send out the tweet automatically for you if you tie it into your Twitter. But it's a lot of fun. It's very easy to do. And if you don't have the Periscope app, be sure to download it by next Saturday night because then you'll be able to see all of these as they're happening. Of course, we're going to be doing the show here on the station, and we're going to be having 
the groups call in and talk to them the same way that we always do. But this will just be an added benefit for you, the listener, if you want to you know, click over while you're watching on your phone, while you're listening on the radio, and you'll be able to see what's going on out in the field as we're talking to the people. Uh, should be more interactive than ever. I'm very excited about it. Hopefully we have good weather for next Saturday night. I think it's supposed to be pretty nice. So yeah. we should be all set. Because you know, there's been years that we've scheduled the Triangle Show in hurricanes and... <laughs> 20 below weather. Monsoons and what have you. So, uh, But uh, speaking of the Bridgewater Triangle, of course, that helped us uh, in, in the very early days of this show uh, connect into the local paranormal community. And one of our very first guests and one of our longest standing friends in the paranormal world joins us now on the phone, Christopher Balzano. Good evening, Chris. How are you? It seems it seems like I was just with you last Saturday night. I know. I'm already getting sick of you. I'm telling you. <laughs> Again already? It doesn't take yeah, very I mean, long. I don't know if this is a, a vision of things to come, but I call in, a horrible thunderstorm starts, and all the power goes out in my house. So, so we another have a great uh, spooky South Coast uh, <laughs> interview going on here. So we have you as long as your battery holds out is what you're saying. Yeah, well, I've got it. I fully charged up for tonight, you know. Okay, well, of course. And uh, and speaking of being fully charged up, I mean, you are ready to go. We are, you, you know, you're back with the show. I mean, there's no there's no other way to put it. You know, we finally we finally sucked you back in. Just when you thought you were out, we pulled you back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're willing to have me, I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of good work still to be done, and uh, we've seen what you guys have been doing. And, you know, kind of on the edge of being like, you know, this, this, these are people that, that are doing it right, and I want to be involved with them again, so... I'm looking to get back to work. Well, I mean, I don't want to turn this into, uh, you know, a mutual admiration society here. I just wanted it to be all about me. So, in, t- you know, in talking to you, because you always have a very good idea of having an outside perspective, even though you're on the inside of the show, you're able to give us kind of the the perspective that listeners have of it. And I think that, you know, we've had to evolve over the years. We've had to change. And you and I have had long many hours of conversation about where you know different directions of where the show can go i mean do you feel like from an outside perspective uh do you feel like we are in a good place right now with the way that we're doing things with the, some of the changes that we've done yeah i mean i really like the changes that you've done though the technology and the interactiveness that you guys are are bringing to it and uh and I'm, I'm interested to see how um some different kinds of guests will react to that you know and how we can kind of maybe take that to the next level and revisit some some topics that might have been neglected um and kind of bring them up to this technological point and this kind of outreach point you guys are at right now because one of the issues that i have one of the 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 feelings the self-criticisms that i have is i feel that we've gotten away too much from what it was that drew people's interest in the show in the first place so many years ago, almost 10 years ago now, is the I, I think we're getting away from some of the, you know, telling a story and, and sharing information and sharing. And, and, and I'm, I, I think, and, and certainly the listeners can let us know what they think, and they can tweet us at SpookySE. They can email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. We all get those, even Chris. And, uh, and you know, they can let us know if... It's what you want to see, but I feel like we've gotten too much about being about the paranormal community, about the paranormal quote-unquote field. I think we've gotten too much about 
trying to be ombudsman of what goes on in the paranormal. And I don't know if every listener wants to hear that. I don't know if they want to hear all the nuts and bolts of how it works. I think some people, and I've been getting a lot of emails and messages on this lately, some people just love it when we're talking about a particular case and we tell them a story about a particular uh, you know, haunting or a particular abduction or what have you. I think that's what people want now, which you know we can get into a little bit later on. That's kind of the trend overall. But that's what I want you to help us with here with the show is keeping us grounded back in the roots of, of what got us on the air and, and what kept us on the air in the first place. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always been since day one with you guys. Um, something happens, um, some kind of case comes up, some kind of topic comes up, and I want to know what Tim Weisberg thinks about it, and I want to see what Matt Moniz is going to add to it. And now, especially with Stephanie, I want to see her perspective on these things. And so, you know, I think that there's definitely um, more room for the story. Uh, I think there's more room for topics um, or types of things where maybe we bring, especially with the technology, multiple guests in. You know, I was thinking about even the Bridgewater Triangle show, thinking like, wow, wouldn't it be great if we just had a Bridgewater Triangle show in addition to the investigations? That was debates about it. You know, that was... You know, what's the real triangle, what's not the real triangle, and that mm-hmm. kind of discussion. And that's, you know, that's what I think a lot of listeners um, from feedback I get, uh, they like that. They like that part of it because they like uh, you guys as personalities. They like you guys as, as opinionated uh, figures, and they want to hear what you guys have to say about something. So in addition to bringing on, you know, guests who might be new to the audience, it's also about, you know, then how do those guests in particular interact with you guys? Well, I mean, I'm I'm a fan myself of hearing about the stories, hearing about the people, hearing about the the cases, and and I think that sometimes I almost feel like there's enough. You know, sometimes I take for granted how much the audience is along this ride with us, and I take for granted how much the audience knows. And and sometimes I have a habit of of being. I don't want to say advanced because I'm not trying to say that I, I know more about the paranormal than the average person, but I think sometimes we overlook some of the, the basics for people that are new and involved, and, and I never want the listener to have to try to keep up with what we're doing. You know, I want the listener right. to be along for the ride and not feel like it's ever getting away from them. So you know, I, I think that there's probably some value in being able to go back and, and do some basic revisiting of some topics and, and do some basic breakdown and analysis of things, even things that we talked about 10 years Bolzano breakdown? Yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, that's that's the thing is, like, you know, you watch a television show like, uh, you know, Breaking Bad, for example. You know everything that happened because you're going to watch from episode one all the way to the final episode. And you know what's going on, and they don't have to keep rehashing things, and they don't have to keep giving you flashbacks to remind you of things. But then you watch a show like, you know, Ghost Hunters, for example, a reality show. They keep going back and emphasizing certain things. So if they talk about an EVP in season four, they're still explaining to you, EVP stands for electronic voice phenomena. And I think sometimes we've gotten away from kind of going back and explaining some of this stuff to people. So please, Chris, I'm asking you to make sure that we never uh, we never try to go beyond uh, and we never take for granted who it is that's listening. Right. And, then, and also, you know, keep the eye on um, in those early days of, of Art Bell and those early days of, of, of what you guys were doing, it was, wait a minute, that exists? It was introducing things that people had never heard of mm-hmm. um, and ideas never people had never heard of and, and even kind of exposing people who were along for the, uh, the ghost 
aspect of things to like, oh, wait a minute, you mean there's conspiracies with this and conspiracies with that? Um, so I think, you know, it, it's about, it's about making sure that they're along for the ride and then kind of also taking them a little bit further than they might have expected to go. And, of course, you mentioned Art Bell, and I, I feel like, uh, in a way, I feel like we've made it to some degree, but in a way, I also feel like we have to prove ourselves all over again, because this show, of course, is part of the Dark Matter Radio Network. They rebroadcast this show on Art Bell's Dark Matter Radio Network, and now that Art is back with his Midnight in the Desert show on that network, uh, you know, we have to kind of... I, I want to follow in his footsteps. You know, I want. I, I never mind. I've never once said I would ever want to break out of the shadow of Art Bell. If people want to say that we work in the shadow of Art Bell, I would be honored. And so I want to make sure that we are living up to that uh, because, you know, it, it's you just have to up your game. And it's a natural thing when he's back and when he's doing what he does and he's so great at it and, uh, and the show's been going so well. You know, I, I want to make sure that the audience that's listening to him uh, at, at you know, midnight our time or, you know, 9 o'clock time, uh, his time, whatever, I want to make sure that they don't feel like there's a drop-off in between listening to Midnight in the Desert and listening to Spooky South Coast. Right, and, and this is a great time for that because I, you know, from what I gather from just, you know, friends I have and scanning what's going on and, you know, a, a lot of the interest in paranormal radio has waned. Um, as people have kind of had their trip and they, you know, were successful for maybe a little while and then they, all right, well, we're not going to do this anymore and they kind of fell off. But it really is the time for, like, the all-stars, like you guys are, to kind of have their day again. Not that you ever didn't have a day. Well, and there is a sat- an oversaturation to some degree of people yeah. out there talking about the paranormal. Uh, you know, there's a lot of we'll call them radio shows, but they're internet shows uh, that have gained in popularity. And, and there are some that are, you know, I would say you could throw that on regular radio right now. Uh, but there's a lot of them that aren't. And I, and I always want to make sure that we can stand apart. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that we have to say that we're better, but I want to at least just make sure that we stand apart and that we have our own voice in that and that we never lose the fact. For, I can't say this without sounding self-congratulatory, but we're one of the few that have been around this long. You know, it's pretty much us True. And, and, and Darkness Radio and maybe Jim Harold. You know, maybe we were talking about this last Night week. Nightwatch. You know, yep, Nightwatch uh, and and, uh, and the X-Zone with Rob McConnell. You know, there's only like a handful of shows, Chris, that have been around for as long as we have been. And sometimes, you know, you can look at that and say, wow, they're doing something right. And sometimes you can look at that and say, you know, they're really just kind of hanging on here. Right. And I don't ever want to just be hanging on. No, and, and, and I don't think that you need to settle for that because... You know, the driving force is still the creative crew that you guys got there, and that that crew is enough to, to carry you. So, I you know, I, I fully believe that this is a really excellent time for me to re-enter the crew. And, um, you know, mental note, or just going out there, Stephanie Burke is not going away. <laughs> I am not replacing her. Just the way she did not replace me. This yeah, is, I mean, it's... It, one of those things where I'm, I'm hoping to add to this this new uh, synergy you guys got going on. Well, and and that's I mean, uh, of course, we're going to talk with you about what you've been up to and and, and what what your look you know what your thoughts are on the paranormal world in general coming up in the next hour. But you know, we were talking about some of those rumors last week, and, and Stephanie mentioned that she heard from a lot of people that you know either you left because she joined or she pushed you out or you know all these things, and, and none of that happened. You know. Yeah. It, uh, Long story short, 
if I remember correctly, you had to switch. You were an English teacher, and you had to make the switch to being a math teacher, and that changed everything that you did in terms of how you, you know, the, the time that you had, because all of a sudden you're basically this huge shift in your career, and so the decision was made, I just don't have the time to put into that anymore. And there was quite a few months when we didn't have either you or Stephanie involved in the show, and then it just became natural that Stephanie become part of it because... You know, she's another resource that I was always going to to get opinions on the show, and and she had a voice that we were missing in in that female perspective. Right, and you know that that probably wasn't entirely truthful on my part. <laughs> my, you hear my voice cracking there. I mean, it, it was more of just me being burnt out and not knowing what my place was, and I probably used the math thing as a little bit more of a crutch. Sorry, but um, you know, I I, I thought that. Uh, <laughs> You know, what, what more did I have to contribute to this field uh, at that point? Which I guess we can talk about a little bit more later. But it was, you know, um, I, I had to step aside and I stopped listening. And then actually I started listening again when Stephanie came on. I wanted more than, nothing more than for you guys seeing for her to see. And I love the way that it's gone with her. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at it from an outsider's perspective, it does seem like the two things happened at the same time. Um, but they didn't, and, and she's a great addition. We actually met uh, for the first time, actually physically, like seeing each other last weekend. Um, you know, but I've been following her and the work that she did with with Tiffany, and then you know, kind of onto you guys. And I'm a big fan. Well, I can tell you this much: the fact that people actually like thought enough about this show to <laughs> have a conspiracy theory about it, it, it felt pretty good. Actually, I was like, "Wow, people are actually have this buzz about what actually went down with uh, with Spooky South Coast." But it, I know. it was even crazy to think that you know anyone uh, enjoyed listening to me or being part of the show enough to actually you know reach out to her and and you know kind of getting her digital face about it that was that was very bizarre to me yeah you'll know it's a true conspiracy theory when we have our own thread on above top secret.com <laughs> <laughs> just just throw out a plug for those guys but uh the i mean that's that's to me that's uh i'll give you a full you know we have about two minutes here before the news but i'll give you a full rundown from my perspective as being the in the executive producer role, we'll call it, of the show. The person who, you know, tries to, to steer the ship to some degree of what direction we're going to go in. Uh, sometimes I just feel like I take it for granted. And I know that I can come in here every Saturday night and talk about the paranormal. And to me, that's enough. But I want to make sure that it's the most entertaining thing that it can be for people, the most informative thing that it can be for people. So that's why I'm always looking for other perspectives. Moniz, you've been here pretty much since the beginning. Matt Costa, he's been here since day one. I have the sense that both of you kind of get the same way that I am about it, where, you know, it's, it's, it's been here, it's always here, and, and, you know, we know that we're always going to be talking about the paranormal, even if the show doesn't exist. But that's why, you know, I've always liked to have other voices and other people involved. And I think that as this has grown, I'm trying to involve the voices of the people that I take their opinion on things, and I, I care about what they think about things. I, I, I'm amazed at how much you've grown in the paranormal and how much oh, you've it's all It's all those donuts and stuff that I eat <laughs> yeah, after the, the show. Pizza and, uh, yeah. no. But I'm talking about you've broadened your, your palate on what it is what's going on in the paranormal before you were just mainly interested in ghosts, but now you've expanded into all of the other sub aspects of the paranormal is what, you know, ufology. Well, I mean, cause I've made the decision and as many others, and I know that you have Moni is that you can't 
just yeah. pick one because <laughs> they all kind of lend themselves into each other. Uh, which we can talk about all that and a whole lot more with Chris Balzano coming up in the next hour. We'll also take your calls at 508 996 And I can tell you, I'm kind of excited for the next hour, Chris, because, you know, you and I, we talk about life. You know what I mean? We don't really talk about the paranormal. Uh, right. we, we talk about, you know, what goes on in, in the quote-unquote real world. And so I haven't really gotten your take on a lot of things in the paranormal world lately. And I know that you've been kind of, you know, focused on other things. So now I, we're going to really do a, a, a Balzano breakdown of how he feels about how things have been going and what he sees as the future. We'll be back. Back hour number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg, along with the science advisor, Matt Moniz, the silent assassin, Matt Costa, Stephanie Burke, and Lauren Allison, all with the night off. And I want to apologize uh, if anybody just saw me on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, giving a little yawn. It's not the company. It's not the topic. It's the fact that uh, I've slept like, what did I say, like four and a half hours? Five hours. Five hours in the last, since, since Thursday morning at like 4.30 a.m. So uh, I've basically been existing on a couple of naps here and there. So you're going to be like this next week because we've got the Salem to go through and then you got the In, one. Yeah, the best part about next week is uh, when we come home from the Salem, I have enough time to basically just uh, go and change my clothes because we're going to have been on the Salem all night and I'm sure I'll be sweaty and gross. Uh, and then come here and do the radio show from 6 to 9. So. That should be. I might be a little bit loopy next Saturday morning, but that's all right, because uh, we'll have plenty of great things to talk about. If you haven't checked out the morning show, of course, it does stream live on WBSM.com and on the Radio Pup app. Uh, all you have to do is search for WBSM. You'll be able to hear it. It's, it's not paranormal, but sometimes, you know, some of that stuff does seep through. We get some calls, because some folks want to talk paranormal, but they just don't want to stay up on Saturday nights. You know, some of the folks are older and can't make it. But, of course, we want to talk to you at 508-996-0500, And, of course, we have joining us on the line. He's making his return to Spooky South Coast for as long as his battery holds out tonight. Anyway, Chris Balzano, he is back. And and do you want to assume the role of, of content director again, or do you want, to, you want us to come up with a flashy new title for you? No, I like that because it was so ambiguous. I wasn't quite sure what I was responsible for. I'm not sure either. I just like the sound of it. I know content. I am content director. And can I be like executive, executive producer? Hmm. I don't know about that. <laughs> that would make you my boss. And I don't oh, know if okay. I'm ready to give up that much kind of control. All right, all right. So, uh, but just, just, just quickly, I mean, like, that's how I realized that um, how much of a Tim Weisberg fan I was was not through listening to folk music, but rather um, listening to your Saturday morning show. And I realized just how much, like, wow, I want to know what Tim thinks about this topic and that topic. And, of course, you know, I've always been a fan. We've had conversations about, you know, you as a as a public figure. But I actually look forward to your Saturday morning show, and I don't even live in that area, so I can care less about half of the local things that are going on. But to hear you articulate them, um, and to hear you discuss them and to hear you get into things and the way that you handle uh, callers, 
you know, people who call the show, which we sometimes don't get a lot of on Spooky's Health Ghost. Right, yep. Um, as, as, as the phone starts ringing. <laughs> I, I, became, I became a much bigger fan, and so, and so I think that anyone who has the ability to should be listening to that, because it really is your personality, but on non-paranormal topics. Well, I, I appreciate That's that. the last I, time I'm kissing your butt tonight. Thank you, I appreciate that, and, uh, and of course it would be great if we had some of those character callers like we have in the morning uh, every week on Spooky Cell. We need, that's what we need. I, be I, careful what you I was say. I hate to say this out loud. I'm going to instantly regret having said it, but we need J.C. Webster to start calling into this show like he called into Coast to Coast for all those years. And, and I know that J.C. is a Facebook friend, and I know that he has uh, been feeling not so well lately, so uh, I appreciate uh, all the updates that his family's been giving us, and, and hopefully he gets better soon because, you know, as, as fun and as crazy as J.C. is, you know who, you know what I'm talking about, right, Chris, when I talk about oh, J.C.? Of course I do. And, and so hopefully, you know, he's he's getting well and, and getting better. Uh, the, actually, that call dropped off, so apparently that, that person was like, oh, all he's doing is kissing Riceberg's butt. I'm not calling into this. Uh, but you can call in at 508-996-0500-877-996-1420, and and Chris, one of the, the titles that I've bestowed upon you over the years is I, I've called you an analytical folklorist because you give us the stories, you give us the the mythologies that are out there, but you never just give them to us at face value. You know, you always can see the forest for the trees, you can see the recurring themes, and you can see uh, a lot of the trends. And one of the things that I feel like you are always on the forefront of is the idea that as everybody was running around in the dark with you know different devices that are lighting up and all the bells and whistles and and spending entire paychecks on AA batteries, you were always looking at things trying to get back to the story, trying to get back to what it is that made you go down this path. And I'll ask you to expound upon that in just a moment after we take this call because I don't want them to drop off again. Uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Chris Balzano. How are you? Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, hello. Hey, Tim. Hey, Chris. What's going on? Hey, I'm one of those Saturday morning guys. I haven't called in <laughs> either show lately. I've been busy, Tim. As long as you're well, that's like all that I matters. Was saying earlier, I absolutely agree. Um, when someone asks you something or brings up a topic on a Saturday morning, if you don't know much about it or you're not sure, you acknowledge that right away. You, you, do, you do your homework real well. You do your research. And you're pretty open-minded, and when you're not sure, you just you, you lay that right out there. You don't try to blow smoke. Well, up, thank you. That's, blow, that's blow smoke in people's eyes or ears. That's the worst thing somebody can do in this chair is to act like a know-it-all and act like they have all the answers. Because if you have all the answers, then people aren't going to want to talk to you. And I'm not here to to lecture, and I'm not here to expound on things, and I'm not here to tell you what I think that you don't know. I'm here to facilitate a conversation uh, between you and the other listeners, even though you're not always talking to each other directly. And that's that's what I I see my job as. I want to compliment you guys for your coverage, and and I know some of your colleagues. I watched that uh, Bridgewater Triangle show a few weeks ago on the cable. Oh, what would you think? I had a couple of my friends there, and they were, like, blown away. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron and Manny did a great go. job. My friends are totally blown away, and I told about your show. So maybe some of them will listen tonight. Well, thank you very much for that. And thank it you. was a really good show, and some of that stuff I knew because I lived in uh, Norton and Mansfield and Taunton from 84 to 91. And I witnessed and heard noises like I've never heard before. And I, I, I spent a good amount of my life out in the ocean. I saw a strange thing, but nothing like used to happen over there, especially toward like Easton and all that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. But 
Thanks again, and um, you guys keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much for the call. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. I appreciate that very much. But please, you know, people don't don't call in and give me compliments because then I'm gonna, you know, get a swelled head and get out of control. And either that, or I'm gonna like have to call my doctor and be like, "Is everything okay? Have you been telling people something that you haven't told me yet?" Uh, you know. But, uh, but absolutely, Chris. I I feel like you were kind of on the the forefront of getting back to that story, and and it's something that I got excited about uh, myself. And I. I I do get excited when we're on an investigation and we're doing a Legend Trips event and I see something happening and I can see uh, you know, some validation for something happening in, in what's coming through the devices. But that doesn't mean nearly as much as it means to me as uh, reading a creepy story and then being able to just show up at the front door of the place where that story took place. And, and uh, I just right. want to you know, feel, see if you still feel the same way, if that's still what you find to be the most important part of going down this path. I do it, and I think it's, you know, there's a, there's a level of understanding that we don't have. Uh, maybe we've lost it, or maybe we never really fully had it, and I sometimes feel that investigating uh, clouds some of that, because there is that adrenaline rush, there is that excitement, there is that uh, cutting off from what you're actually there, actually being there with all the, the equipment that, you know, it it's... It, Compliments your senses, but in other ways, it, it tunnel visions you. Um, and oftentimes, we lose sight of the the human touch of the paranormal, the human side of it, and the absolutely profound um, nature of these things that both freak us out and yet engage us and like maybe teach us something about ourselves. But then also the, the way that they're told tells us something about where we are now. You know and that's the kind of stuff that's always fascinated me, and that's the kind of stuff that gets lost in the seduction of the investigation, um, where it is this uh, this proof of uh, you, you're trying to validate yourself being out there. You're trying to validate the impressiveness of this technology and understand something that may or may not be understandable. Um, and when you start to do that, and start to, that's what you start to consume yourself with, you lose sight of some, some very interesting things. You know, I always use the example of one of the first conferences I spoke at, <clears throat> people having this very heated debate about what an EVP was saying, and no one taking a step back to be like, dude, you just got someone's voice on that, someone that, like, wasn't in the room. Like, can we sit back and acknowledge for a moment that that's profound in some way? Um, and so it, it's that kind of getting back to it and kind of understanding you know, every culture has uh, its own level of obsession with death uh, and with the afterlife. Well, well, one of the things that I've noticed about it, and, and you can tell me if you feel the same way, but one of the things that I've noticed is that when you disconnect yourself from that aspect of it, when you disconnect yourself from the story and you're all about the data, it lends itself way too easily for this, uh, you know, quote-unquote expert mentality where right. you it, it almost becomes something as if you feel you've mastered it and you feel like it's become known because you're trying to quantify it in front of you as opposed to, you know, when you're not in, in, in terms of, you know, when you're not all about the data collection, you're there just for the experience, the experience still can remain overwhelming. Right, especially when you consider that, you know, what are we... What are we trying to capture? What proof do we have that this is a successful way of touching the other side? You know, or more importantly, of touching all of the other sides. Like maybe there's a certain level of 
of paranormal that, that can be examined. Um, you know, I was talking to Mike Markowitz uh, last weekend, who's just like, you know, I just think the greatest guy. He's a good investigator everything. It's just, I just, I just, it changes me every time I talk to him. And we were talking about a case that I had had after I moved down to Florida, and I corresponded, and I passed it off to him because I couldn't do anything, and I knew he would be the perfect person. And he said, now this is Mike Markowitz, so if your listeners know him, I mean, it's, it, you know, the guy can go into a Taco Bell and get easy pizza. Um, and he said that he was in this house, which has an extraordinary level of activity. And he was there for, you know, however many sessions, however many hours, and he got almost nothing. And the first thing I thought of was, you know, because it doesn't want you to know it. What's there is deeper than, mm-hmm. than, than just, a, you know, a, a, a ghost or something. I mean, from, every, from all the stories. And then secondly, it was the family's a liar. You know, because I had worked with this family, and I was pretty sure that everything that they were telling me was truthful. Um, and so I think that, you know, that, that when we become an investigative mindset, that story, that woman's story, that family story gets lost. And yet there were some pretty um, impactful things that happened and changed the dynamics of the family, changed the way that they looked at the world. For her, changed her opinion on religion. Um, yet that can get lost if you look and say, well, you know, one of the best TV people I know, you know, he, he didn't get anything. And so, you know, an expert or someone who's submerged in this and gets at it everywhere they go would very easily be able to say, well, if I didn't get anything, there's nothing to be gotten, as opposed to looking at the whole big picture of what might have been going on there. Well, I mean, Moniz, from your perspective, I mean, you're, you know, you're a scientist. You've, you've been working in science for, for almost all of your adult life. And for you, you you might be looking at something that is a mystery to you, something that you don't quite understand the nuts and bolts of, of how it works and why it works. And so you conduct experiments and you, you try to break it all down and figure out why it does work. You try to figure out why this does happen, why this certain reaction might take place, for example. Or why something doesn't happen. And so once you start breaking that down and, and actually experimenting and figuring it out why, does that original circumstance that first led you to pursue why it happens, does that lose any mystique for you, or do you just gain a different type of respect for what it is that's happening? Well, I definitely gain a different type of respect. I mean, uh, if you want to take the subject of EVPs, like I said, most EVP recorders are shielded against outside radio signals and stuff like that because they're actually mandated to by law. And otherwise, we wouldn't want to use them because... Otherwise, otherwise, we'd be the Pittsburgh Steelers listening to the Patriots radio broadcast from the sidelines. Essentially, yes. Right. Uh, we'll leave that right where that is. But, but the point being is that all things being equal, if the equipment is working the way it's supposed to and we understand the best we do about the physics of it and stuff like that, the only explanation you got is some energy made it into your recording system. You and I can, and everybody else can argue what that energy was that generated it, but all of us will agree that there is something there. There was right. something that was recorded. And even if it turns out to be some sort of, you know, a man-made or something else, some sort of frequency crash, you want to figure out what that is because right. that's not supposed to happen. Correct. And, and Chris, I think that that is something that a lot of people... Uh, 
don't realize happens to them is is as they're getting into the nuts and bolts and the why, and they think they figured out the why. Uh, they, it doesn't give them any kind of new respect for it, or if it does, they don't understand that that's what it is. Uh, yeah. You know, they just feel like now they are an expert and now they know everything, and and that's dangerous because I feel like when you feel like you've mastered it, you can no longer. It's very easy to no longer respect it. It's very easy to no longer appreciate it. And I think that you know, you then it becomes. You know, what's the next bigger piece of evidence I can get? Um, and so there's a, a disappointment when you don't get, um, you don't get something that beats what you got last time. And so therefore I think there's an overlooking of like just the, the, the amount of respect that you have to have to, to do that in the first place. Like the amount of respect that you're talking or potentially talking to someone who has died or that you're, maybe understanding some kind of science that goes along with this religious aspect of it or you you know and so you stop losing that respect for that and it becomes you know yeah 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 I, yeah yeah that that voice was there but i didn't get this bigger one or how about this louder one whereas the louder one might not be the more um the more significant one and so it becomes a chase of the bigger piece of evidence and not you know an understanding of what that evidence might mean I think too that one of the differences that I've noticed in from the time that I started paying attention to how people investigate to now is, you know, back in those days it was very much centered around what people were seeing on television, and even to, to some degree that's still happening. It's it's still very much centered around what people are doing on television. But I see a lot of people are basing the way they investigate on how other people have had success and 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 how they feel like other people have gotten results and there's less less people stepping out on a limb and trying new and different techniques uh that i've been noticing you know i i just when people send me a story or they send me an experience and they're explaining to me exactly how it came about and i'm thinking to myself but you should at that point you should have tried this and i realize that there isn't there is no logical next step for a lot of people because right. for a lot of people it's it's almost like uh you know moniz when you write a, a lab report and you have a procedure of how to follow it they're following that lab report which you know 10 years ago we argued is what they have to do you have yeah. to follow a standard procedure and everything but i think that we're realizing now over time that yes you should follow us a, a way of operating and a way of doing business but sometimes you also have to try different things to to try and see if you get different results well in science yeah it, you have standard operating procedures or you follow a what's called a protocol mm-hmm. you know everything's explained out step by step every little detail and you follow these lockstep you know procedures and this is what the end result is supposed to be and okay that that works fine in things like chemistry and other things because we pretty much know what the reactions are going to be for the most part but when you're dealing with the unknown i mean that's where it gets a little bit more complicated and the only thing you can really do in terms of science to it is you know map out how you're going to do it uh, the procedure well, one of the and Chris, this this is something that I think is is a big difference from the way that I felt probably when when we first started talking about this ten years ago. But what you're talking about is how you investigate and how you analyze and an experiment with something that is a scientific pursuit. You follow those standard operating procedures to be able to to log the data and to be able to avoid contaminating the data and to make sure that you're getting repeatability. Right. Would you follow a standing operating procedure if you were having a conversation with somebody 
or would you allow that conversation to be organic? Would you go into a conversation with a person one-on-one, not an interview, but a, a conversation one-on-one with a set list of certain questions that you're going to ask that person and certain topics that you're going to discuss, or would you just say hello and see where it goes from there? Well, you have the social sciences like psychology and stuff like that that do for you know follow that type of format. It all depends. Uh, are you can have a rigid, structured conversation uh, to gain gauge somebody's uh well you yes you can but i mean how would you go about doing because you're a man of science you actually will conduct an experiment on the topic in the person i'm dealing with well that's true too but in general though you just (laughs) go in i'll take it one step further tim what would you do if you were on a date would you just follow this you know like well this is what i've seen on tv shows and this has been successful or so just take it out of a conversation and do something that that actually has like you know like like passion behind it potentially and 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 a huge amount of emotion like you wouldn't just date one person the same way that you dated another person right you have to kind of understand the situation and see where it goes and and that's what i think a paranormal investigation is anymore I, i i don't think anymore that it's it's a science experiment I think that it's a conversation, and I'm not totally sure that it's a, a, a person on the other end of that conversation, per se, because I still haven't made up my mind that a ghost is a dead person. Uh, but what I'm thinking is that I'm, I'm thinking that when you're conducting an investigation, you're trying to have that conversation, that interaction. You're not conducting an experiment. So right. it's, it's okay. I mean, you want to be able to... to say what the protocols were in which you gathered that, but I would never want to go into it anymore with a rigid structure of how I'm going to do this because that doesn't always work. Okay, what you're talking about is dividing investigation into different styles. You have a professional style where if you want to say you're using a scientific method, you follow these set procedures, and then you have the personal style. You're you're there for a personal um, interaction. And, and which one works? They both can work. Exactly. That's why I think people need to keep that in mind when they're doing that. And, and uh, I mean, Chris, I know that you've always had kind of that approach. Uh, you know, I know that you went through a time when you were you, you were very scientific in the way that you approached it, but, you know, you've always seemed to be very, uh, you know, conversational, for lack of a better word, in your approach. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, when I, I always look back to when, when people kind of have a raised eyebrow when I say these things, like, well, you wrote a book about paranormal investigating and how to do it. And I, and I, I kind of struck to them, yeah, if you really read the book, it's pretty much like, here, this worked for this investigator, and this worked for this investigator. Mm-hmm. And this is the way that I did it, and hey, look how I got this information on it. And so, so I think that it, you know, it's, um, it's you know, I, I, I was guilty of maybe relying too much on that during that era. Um, but I think, you know, even when I was doing that, it was still, you know, well, why can't we mix old school with new school? Like, why can't we? Why, well, who's to say that Devine Roger any less? significant in the field than something that is repeatable. Um, not that defining laws aren't repeatable, but, you know, and, and so why, 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 why should I not trust my instincts? You know, why should I not um, rely on, on things that are, are not scientific at all, that are my emotions? You know, when I first investigated, I was so much more in tune with the way that my body was reacting to a certain situation. Um, and I would say when I was interviewing people who had experiences, I was much more in tune than I became listening to their story because I wasn't thinking about, well, how can I prove that what they're saying really happened? You know, what can, okay, so they're telling you this story. Can I get in that house and investigate it? Which it became for a while. 
And as opposed to just listening and being like, what is my instinct telling me about this? You know, what is my, what is my gut telling me about this? And when I would say the word gut, you know, as, as the, the field evolved, it became so much more of like, oh, roll your eyes, like, oh, you got to feel it, you know, that, and <laughs> it's not like, if you read the reviews for, for Darkwood, some people are like, there's nothing scientific about this book. And I'm like, well, it's not a science book. It's, right. a, story. it's a collection of people's experiences. And so when I say, you know, there, there's no, there's not necessarily a way to record the feeling of someone looking at you. You can say there might be some kind of change in the environment that, that you can maybe capture on a device. But the fact of the matter is that people you know, are fine one place and then they move a few feet and all of a sudden they get this feeling that they're being watched. And whether that's them or whether that's the environment, something has physically changed in them that's worth noting, even if you can't record it. Hmm. And that's the other thing, too, is, you know, generally when when you're conducting something under a scientific method and you're, you're trying to have a controlled environment, you know, you want the person to not have as much influence over it as possible. Uh, you, you know, you want to try and keep yourself distant. And I know that, the you know, the law of observation means that you can't. But, yeah, but uh, still, at the same time, I did a whole lecture on that at Salem Con <laughs> about how it's impossible to remove yourself from that. But I feel like this is one thing, the paranormal, that you can't remove yourself from, that you have to be part of it. A, a paranormal experience does not happen in an empty building with nobody around to experience it. I firmly believe that. I think that things can take place. Run that by me again? I don't think that a paranormal experience <laughs> happens in a building by itself if there's nobody around to experience it. I got plenty of videos from security. But that's because there was an there was an ob- act of observation there. There was an act of there's observation also been involved. There's plenty of, uh, I'll give you good examples, Lizzie Borden. Things have been moved around with, with nobody in the house. But it was several- geared toward you... Observing that is what I'm saying. If if we didn't pay attention to it, if we didn't care about it, it would never take place. So you're saying think, a building? I think it's hard to say that the the living is not a tumbler in the lock of the paranormal. Like I think that that whether it's uh, the right combination of of energies in a house, you see a house be completely still for one group of people but not for another. You see seasons change the the activity in a place. And I think in, this, in the same way, you know, investigators being there acts as another one of those tumblers. Like, some investigators get everything they need and some investigators get nothing and nothing happens. And I think part of it has to do with, you know, your place on that entire canvas. I, I, so. I look at what Tim's saying is, like, if there's a ghost in the house and nobody's there to see it, is it still haunted? No, not, it's not a tree falls in the woods type of argument. Yeah. It's more of a if if we couldn't have that connection, that communication with the paranormal, there would be no reason for it to exist, no reason for it to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like Because you can... If, if all of a sudden everybody was, was a, a hardened skeptic, and, every, and nobody believed in the fact that it could happen, it would go away. I don't... How many skeptics wind up becoming believers because of experiences they But have? still, there's there's still somebody out there that believes, and I think that that belief is what gives it power. You know, it's not, look at... All right. You're talking the Tulpa thing. No, I'm talking about, like, how many people still believe in, you know, ancient Mesopotamian gods? You know what I mean? So hey, Zoroaster is a cool I, religion. I understand, and I know that you're a fan. But uh, what what I'm saying is, is eventually it would become a non-belief if nobody believed, and if it becomes a non-belief, then it's not happening. 
But what it is is because there's always there has to be somebody that's willing to accept that and and be willing to uh, dub that paranormal for it to keep happening. Do you understand kind of where I'm going, Chris? I, I know I'm not really articulating it well. I understand. I'm not entirely sure I agree with that. Okay. I, mean, I think that I, I think I see what what Matt is saying is that people have um, people have had their belief system changed based on right and, on experiences they've that they've had. So you know, if, I mean, I think if nobody believed in the paranormal at all, if nobody believed in the existence of a ghost. Would a ghost still try to put itself out there, and, and would we still have these things happening? It, I, I feel like the belief is the fuel for what makes it happen. The fact that there is somebody somewhere that is willing to believe it is what's giving it the power. Well, I think that they form uh, what it is that they're experiencing, but I think that there still would be um, there still would be paranormal things that would happen. I mean, you know, a residual haunting might not rely on on interactions. For it to be observable, you know, I, I think that 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 might. I think, and, and I, I firmly believe that uh, ghosts change who they are based on. And the Ouija board's a great example of this. Change their who they are based on your belief system and what they think that you want to hear to continue to exist. Too. Um, but I don't necessarily think that. I think that you could have the paranormal still in a bubble. Okay, yeah, that's a, in a bubble. That's a good way to put it. Well, one of the things that I've noticed, uh, we're going to take a break here for a second, but one of the things that I've noticed has become a trend uh, in the world of the paranormal is the way that people interact with each other, uh, both good and bad, but that has become more important to them than what it is that they're actually investigating. It's more about your place in the paranormal than it is about the work that you do. So I want to kind of get your thoughts on that a little bit, and we'll take your calls as well, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Back in a moment on Spooky South Coast here on the new 1420 WBSM. Back to Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg, along with science advisor Matt Moniz. And our guest tonight is Chris Balzano, the content director, previously, currently, and forever of Spooky South Coast. And uh, and one of the changes, Chris, since you've last been with us, is the unlicensed music, uh, which helps us out with YouTube and, and uh, all the other things that we want to do with the show. So we welcome people to submit any unlicensed music to us that you've created. If you want to let us use it on the show, just send it to us, crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. And, of course, we'll be sure to mention where it came from. That, that of course, is DJ4AM, uh, Labsynth Salemort. So, and uh, there's a lot of great stuff from him as well. You can find it on SoundCloud and all over the internet too. So check it out. And thank you to everybody for uh, that has donated music already. I do want to mention this one tweet, Chris. That um, mm-hmm. you know, as as normally goes during the show, one of the things that we try to do with the show now is we uh, try to live tweet during the show using the hashtag Spooky Live. And if somebody says something particularly profound on the show or particularly interesting, you know, we'll tweet it out. 
because for one thing, it, it puts it out there for a conversation piece on social media. And for another thing, it makes people say, well, what are they talking about? I'm going to tune in. So, uh, you know, I've been putting it out there. And I kind of ended up in a little bit of a side discussion going on with uh, former Ghost Hunters cast member Chris Williams uh, about just the nature of belief because she's watching The Conjuring on, on Sci-Fi. Uh, but we went into an interesting discussion about belief. And, and this one uh, gentleman, Jason, in talking about faith and faith in an afterlife, he had a great point. And I think this can be applied to the paranormal overall. He said he figures it's a 50-50 shot. He figures he's safer to believe because then he has nothing to lose if he's wrong. And I think that that's kind of the approach that a lot of people go into investigating with is they go into it with the, you know, the idea that if it's real, at least I can explain and, 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 uh, and justify why I've been putting all my time into this. But then the, the problem with that is, is you end up with confirmation bias. If you go out and spend $1,000 on paranormal equipment, then when you walk into your first paranormal investigation, you're going to want to have something come out of that that's paranormal. And, and are you seeing that as much now uh, in, in just being kind of on the periphery of things for the last little bit? But are you seeing that as much now as, as it was prevalent, you know, five, ten years ago? I mean, I think it is. Um, you know, I, 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 although one thing I would uh, add to that is that I've seen a lot more on social media uh, a shift to I'm excited to go on this investigation. We're going to have fun. Um, so I think for a while it was especially of like, this is not fun. If, it's, if, you, if you're smiling, then you're a legend tripper, not an investigator. Um, and so, so I've seen I've seen somewhat a, a lightening up of people that are investigating, mm-hmm. but I, I do think that that you know that um, that confirmation bias thing you're talking about is is um, and I would even go so far as to say when you're working within the dynamics of a group that it almost you almost have to justify being part of the group. Like, what are you adding to the group? Um, and, and so I think that part I'm still seeing uh, being a driving force or at least a workable force with people that are out there. Because, you know, when you did this, when, you know, when you first got involved in this, it was still uh, kind of in its infancy of being a, we'll call it a social movement to some degree. I mean, I know it's not not an overwhelming social movement, but, you know, it's there. There's an undercurrent of it in society now, and it wasn't as prevalent as it was. Uh, as it is now, and uh, and now the difference is, you know, you're seeing people that are getting involved in it for a different reason. Now it's becoming less for a lot of people about the pursuit of what they're pursuing, and more about who and how they're pursuing it with. You know, it's become right. more about interpersonal dynamics than it is about uh, you know any kind of fact gathering. You know, I, I think it would be interesting to because I know that you are connected with a lot of people. And I know that in the past you've asked questions of, you know, what place would you most like to investigate? And you've asked questions of, um, you know, what investigator would you most like to investigate with? I wonder if we change that question to where would you like to invest? You can either investigate this great place or you can investigate with this person you've seen on TV. And I wonder which direction people would go in. Hmm. So if you like, say you gave them like a, like a you know a holy grail place to investigate, right? And so I don't know what what would you I mean for I know for you and I it'd be the Amityville house, but what do you think would probably be the place that most people uh, would shoot for? Maybe like the White House? Yeah, the White House, or you know there there's still those you know 
those those paranormal landmarks that people want that they can't get to, you know, like uh, Gettysburg or or even Lizzie Borden that I think people would be that still are on their like wish list, their paranormal bucket list. So Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, there's there you know there are there are places that people still want to go to. You know. So if we if we if we put this out there on social media and said, you know, would you rather investigate the White House with, uh, you know, would you say by yourself or with, you know, with a, with a, just a random team? I don't know. I mean, would, would you would you rather go to your paranormal someplace on your paranormal bucket list or investigate with your favorite paranormal investigator, you know, your favorite celebrity investigator? All right, guys, I'm going to put that out there right now, actually. All right, I don't know how to phrase that the right way, but, you know, I don't write it or anything like that. You're the writer, so. <laughs> but I, I, that's not true. Least, you you, think, you, you wrote at least one book that I can think of. Oh, you yeah, only one book that matters, right? Haunted so, Objects, Stories of Ghosts in Your Shelves. No, I'm just kidding. And, I'm, and I'm, you know, I think it's, you know, I, there's a reason why that's the, the one my students always want to read instead of my book. So, it's just because of the doll on the cover. That's why. It's just the creepy doll. <laughs> I know. Great marketing but I, idea. But I, but I think people would rather, um, they would, I mean, when I say I've been, I've done this, I've done that, I've been to this place, I've done this, let me tell you this amazing story. And the inevitable question is, well, have you been on any of the shows? Um, or even, you know, like, well, have you investigated with this person? And I'm like, i got to be honest, I don't even know who that person is. Um, so I think that there is a level of I would rather I would rather investigate with someone uh, who I know who I like totally admire than I would rather go to this place that I'm really fascinated by. So I'd be interested to see how the responses would be. Well, it's out there now. It has just been tweeted out uh, using the hashtag Spooky Live. Would you rather investigate the number one spot on your paranormal bucket list or with your favorite TV investigator? And there you go. People are going to write it back. Uh, a lot of people are going to write back and be like, well, which TV investigator? It's like, no, I said your favorite. You know, it's right. not America's favorite. Your and favorite. then you're going to get the occasional wise guy that will say both. Oh, of course. Yeah. Why can't I do both? Uh, I can go to this event and do both. Uh, okay. This is a sociological experiment. Yes. <laughs> it's not a paranormal name drop. It's not a chance for you to put up a picture of who, who you were hanging out with last weekend. It's um, not marketing for the next Legend Source event. <laughs> <laughs> right. That being said, we have a great event coming up Friday night on the USS Salem. <laughs> Tickets still available. Uh, just go to legendtrips.com. Uh, but, no, I mean, really, that is exactly it, – it's, it's a defining line of why you're involved in this. And it, it shows either you're into this because you want to get out there and have the experiences and be at these places and do the work, or it's because you want to hobnob and, and rub elbows with the people that you see on television. And I used to think that one was good and one was bad, and now I don't care either way about either one. You know, whatever makes you happy and whatever makes you uh, want to keep discussing this and whatever makes you want to keep learning more about it is fine by me, just so long as, you know, nobody's trying to position themselves as being more important than anybody else, no matter which side they fall on the spectrum. Right, and I think that one of the things that was driving me away from the field was talking to people who had gained too much of a paranormal vocabulary, um, which always felt painful to me, because I'm like, okay, well, then obviously you, you know things that are going on, and you watch TV, and, you know, will this, can you come out and, you know, this person, can you bring them with you? Um, but then also, you know, like their understanding of what they were telling me 
that are stories where Bernie Finney and Paranormal Television Show narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, like they wanted to give me those first 10 minutes of the episode that explained the history of what was going on in the story, and then like, okay, now come and investigate. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, let me go on this. And they wouldn't understand the tangents, like why I was asking these questions, because they hadn't seen anything about that on the television show. And so the, the pool of people who are experiencing things um, was being tainted. Because I, you know, and I'm still the thing, your art's your art, man. You want to investigate the way you want to investigate. You want to investigate, that's perfectly fine. But what I was seeing was that even the, the people who were now contacting me um, had knowledge that maybe was changing the way that they should be perceiving what was going on in their house or uh, something that they had experienced even in the past. Um, and they were now kind of developing it and presenting it to me as if it were, you know, the first 15 minutes of a show as opposed to um, just telling me what, what happened to them, you know? Well, I can tell you one thing. One thing you're going to learn um, in coming back into this role, Chris, is I'm not the same bitter old man about the paranormal that I was on Spooky Crossroads. You know, I've, I've kind of decided that I have to let a lot of that go and not really get worked up on it because, uh, first of all, you know, it doesn't really impact me. And, and second of all, I've the, the Legend Trips thing, you know, as much as we joke around about the promotion of it, and people understand, please understand that we promote it so heavily because it gives back uh, to these places. And, and you know, when a, gr- a paranormal group goes and rents out a place for the night and they pay the place 100 or 200 bucks, yeah, that helps, but it really just helps keep the lights on for the night. We're going to these places and helping to keep the lights on all winter, which is, uh, you know, what we're trying to do with it and why we've raised about $26,000 so far for these places. But what, what has been the added benefit of doing all of these events is that I can see all aspects of why people are involved in this anymore. And I'm not looking through yeah. it through my own narrow focus anymore, which, you know, you were always ahead of the curve uh, with being able to do because you always looked at things as a bigger picture. Uh, but now that I see it and I realize, you know, everybody kind of has their place. As long as nobody's stepping on anybody else, uh, I've, become, I've, I've basically become a paranormal libertarian is what I am now. <laughs> I mean, I think the most cringeworthy expression, and I, there are a lot of cringeworthy expressions for me that, I'm, that, I've, that I've let go of because people who respond them, was always, um, well, we're in this for the same reason. You know? And, and that, was, that was like, well, no, really not. Like, some people are drawn in by wanting to understand this thing that's not understandable. Some people like the adrenaline. Some people had something that in their own life they're trying to explain. Some people don't know why they are. They're just compelled to do. And so I really never was was comfortable with that saying. Um, and, and I totally agree with you. Like, I've become so much more, you know, I listen to, because now they're popping up on my Facebook memories, these old shows. And I'm like, well, some of them were good, and some of them were just kind of us going like, blah, 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 everybody's bad but us. Um, which yeah. is really fun, and I think I mean, we needed to go through that phase <laughs> to gain our voices. Um, but but I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's it's... If it's not impacting me, then I'm really not sure. I'm really not sure why I should care why you do what you do. But you know what? I'm kind of fascinated by, um, by the reason that people are doing it. For right. Like, exactly. That kind of amazes me more sometimes than the ghosts. Because I think the study of the paranormal, the study of the spiritual, um, is a reflection of us as much as the ghosts that we experience. And also, you know what it is? I think part of it. Is is the ghosts are ghosts, but man, people are freaky. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like 
the people are way more more interesting than the ghosts themselves. Well, we and, only and if you and if you want to see if you want to see just how freaky people can be, put people in a room with Jeff Belanger and they just flip out. Oh, I know. Well, it's it's so weird, <laughs> and uh, especially when beer's involved. But uh, so we have about a minute left here on the show. Uh, again, thank you for joining us, Chris. Thank you for coming back and, and being part of the show once again. But I'm going to give you the answer, a little bit of an informal poll answer here. Uh, so far. Well, we've had a few responses uh, on Facebook, and they all are 100% toward gearing and in uh, investigating their favorite spot. And then some of them have been uh, on on Twitter. Uh, there's one that says they'd like to investigate with their favorite investigator, but then any place that they would go would be perfect. Uh, one person, Rhonda, you tried to go on the fence with it. She'd rather investigate her number one spot on her bucket list because she's already investigated with her favorite people, so there you go. All right, Chris, thank you for joining us. We're out of time, uh, but we look forward to you being involved with us and everybody out there. Stay spooktacular.